0: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman.
0: And I'm Mindari Wall.
1: And welcome to The Loop. Well, it's officially summer, which in Alberta means that we're heading towards a reopening. As of July 1st, Min, all provincial COVID restrictions will be lifted, including masks um there's a lot of excitement there's also a lot of nerves I think I mean i'm I'm I sit pretty firmly in the cautious category but like how do you feel? I,
0: I think I might be in the seat beside you <laughs> yeah
1: to you're a just right next to a certain extent I mean six feet away but right next yeah. to me
0: the thought of no masks is that's that feels kind of, that sounds liberating it's going to feel yes. amazing
1: but just a little Especially as a glasses wearer oh, <laughs> the, right? the fog of the last year and a half yeah' will literally lift but yeah it's um I I don't know. There's just a lot of things to think about, a lot of things at play, right? So it's. I
0: think so, and and I, you know, I think there is. It's normal to have a level of apprehension, Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there is this excitement about the possibilities of going back to what it was like before last March, and um, we have experienced something completely different since then, right? I mean, none of us have gone through any of that before. But yeah. uh, I see the excitement in my kids. I mean, yeah. being able to go hang out with their friends. My daughter's got a grad party, a grade nine grad party. That's amazing that yeah. she's going to go and hang out with her buddies. You know, they've been missing that, right? I mean, uh, my son has a chance to go hang out with his one of his soccer teammates at their cabin. So slowly, bit by bit, you know, people are kind of going to be Face yeah. to face,
1: and the little things feel so nice, right? Like yeah. we were even talking today. I booked a trip home to finally see my family again. You've got a wedding that you're looking forward to. Exactly. There's there's these moments that I think um, they're really exciting right now. Yeah, <laughs> because we haven't done them in forever. But there's also this feeling of like I don't want to forget what the last year and a half meant. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that happened and we learned a lot of things about how society works, but also about ourselves and about what we need and what we don't need and, and what we really value Yeah, as like hokey as that might sound in some ways. Right. But like things like how good it feels to actually hang out one-on-one and like look into someone's eyes and not just watch Netflix or like stare at a zoom camera.
0: Yeah. That isolation, right. It's, it's almost kind of like the, uh, handcuffs are being taken (laughs) off from our, you know, lockdown, self-imposed lockdown exactly. in our homes and things like that. And yeah. for sure, I mean, like during this pandemic, I you know, I was lucky enough to be able to meet with a, a couple of friends, three or four of them, and we would work out just because we knew what it meant for our sanity. yeah, And just to, you know, also make sure that we didn't have to buy entirely new wardrobes <laughs> <laughs> by, yeah. by July 1st. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was really good. You know, things like being able to uh, go and see family again, I think it is going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, we're we're planning a trip next week to go see the in-laws, my brother-in-law, you know, nice. and uh, I'm going to uh, have a scotch with him and sit and talk. And Normally, scotch, you'd see each, we'd see each other a couple of times a month, you know?
1: Yeah, and that scotch is going to taste so good because it's like the first one, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Everything has this kind of sparkle right now. And, and I feel really grateful for finally being able to do all these things. And I don't really want to forget that, you know?
0: For sure. Yeah. I think I think that being able to do something we haven't been able to do in in such a long time is going to be it's going to feel special, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean even I know my in-laws in in England are are looking forward to seeing us probably more so the grandkids, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And 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 the other family that's there, we've just been chatting back and forth on WhatsApp and and online and it's just seeing each other after such a huge break, it, mm-hmm. I mean it's really going to be special.
1: Yeah. And and I think that in an effort to preserve that kind of specialness and that good feeling. I kind of, I I wanted to know what we could do Mm -hmm. to keep that gratefulness going and keep that feeling alive as we reopen and go back to life and the months start to pass under, you know, lightened or no restrictions as the case may be. And conveniently, Scott McPherson is a writer, speaker and mindfulness facilitator in the city. Hey, Scott. Hi there. So first, I kind of want to go back to pre-pandemic because, I mean, for me, the last year has made me realize how I wasn't really thinking about what I had to be grateful for and, you know, until we couldn't do or have those things. So how do you think the pandemic has changed the way that we maybe took some things for granted?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I often talk about how uh, different spiritual groups talk about how our awareness is a practice. And that's definitely the case. You know, if we're not Sort of active and, and intentional about what we're focusing on, things get kind of sort of general. So, as adults, most of us are just kind of f- skimming over reality and we're not really thinking about it, mostly because we got an internal narrative rolling along inside our head and that's what's got our focus. So, because that's happening and we're taking for granted, say, going to a restaurant, then uh, a meal out's no big deal. I mean, who thought before the pandemic that? That just the attendance at a restaurant <laughs> yeah. was something to be grateful for. Nobody <laughs> yeah. thought that, right? You thought you, you'd actually complain if the food wasn't good. Yeah, or if the uh, service, or the was service slow. wasn't yeah. ideal. <laughs> yeah, right. And we're mostly focused on what's missing rather than what's there. Uh, but you keep us away from restaurants for a year and a half. And boy, all of a sudden, eating out is like, uh, it's a very special experience.
1: Yeah, as we get to reopening and we are going out to, say, eat at restaurants more often and things feel a little bit more normal, do you think our awareness of these things have changed? Are we going to be more conscious?
2: Yeah, I think you're already seeing that in some of the signs, some of the interviews you're hearing, people going out and just things feel much more alive and electric. And again, as we are taken away from things, we notice them more they, they get more relief. And so that's really what makes our reality richer. The more we notice about an experience, the bigger that experience is going to feel to to us,
1: yeah, and there's a lot of people that have been held back from the pandemic, but I mean, we've also just been held back from other people. Um, <laughs> what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that people will notice as we re enter the world again and experience these different things?
2: it's going to be the people you're right it's um i mean we're going to notice the places we get to go those are going to be worth a lot but more than anything it's going to be the people there's going to be a bit of anxiety around that at the start but that's just until we get used to it but really what we're going to do is and i'm sure you've had it happen yourself is that suddenly you realize that these little things you took for granted like hugs or even handshakes suddenly you realize that these were really meaningful things to us as uh, human beings so now that there's going to be no masks people can see faces and smiles, they're going to start noticing things. Like if your friend touches you, it's really going to be a noticeable experience now. We might even start noticing stuff like the colors of our friend's eyes. <laughs> and and I think also in stores, you're going to see that people used to go in and um, sometimes be kind of casual with the staff that was serving them. But I think now those we're going to realize those are human-to-human experiences. That's not like going through the electric cashier at the grocery store. It's like talking to a cashier and looking her in the eye. I think I, I've noticed actually more few times I've been to the grocery store, I've seen people that normally go to the machines have been going to the people. Really? uh, During the pandemic, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's because they were really uh, starved for people.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that anxiety. I think for folks like myself, I mean, I live alone, so I have really not socialized much at all in the last 16 months. Do you have any idea for how we can more quickly get past that level of anxiety and really start enjoying reconnecting with our own awareness?
2: Uh yeah, the the biggest thing is just going to be to allow yourself to feel that anxiety and understand that that's sensible to your brain. Like our brains are wired to kind of keep us alive. So if we've Told ourselves that something's dangerous. Essentially, we've turned other people into bears and tigers, and so it's going to take a little while for our brains to let them convert back. So, if we just understand that that's a normal sort of biological process that's happening, then it you know it allows us to sort of move past it, and then the uh, we're not stopped by that feeling. In fact, we understand that the feeling has a context, and that it's illogical, and that we're that we're safe to move past it as long as internally we can tell ourselves that what we're doing it makes actual sense. We're okay. But to do that, we have to understand why we have the initial feeling in the first place.
1: Okay, so I've worked past my anxiety. Now I'm living in the moment. Things are feeling good. But how can I hold on to that excitement and awareness? How can we keep this going as we begin to settle into the new normal?
2: Uh, yeah, I think one of the ways to think about it is if we think about where we normally have these feelings of intensity, it be things on stuff like vacations and holidays. And... Uh, we have a really sort of heightened sense of reality during those times. We notice a lot more. And that's because our internal narrative is shut down because we're not near the familiar stuff, which means we're letting more of the world in. And that will add a vividness to everything. And we tend to attribute that to the people or the culture or the place where we are. But that difference we got to really keep in mind is us. So it's, it's our act of appreciation that creates that sense of awareness and value and so the best way to maintain that sense of value is to teach people to live in a state where that's natural, where that's a, a normal, comfortable state. And it, it is comfortable because we've got to remember, that's how we all started as children. Really, all we got to do is pay a lot of attention, just like little kids do.
1: Okay, so paying attention. I mean, can you give me an example or an exercise? What's a good way to, to start to get towards this level of consciousness?
2: Well, I would say that one of the best things we can do is really look at how the world comes into our lives so that's generally through our five senses, right? If we say our ego is the thing that talks to us, the, the world comes in through those five senses. Uh, think about each of those individually and actually ask how much of them were we paying attention to them in our lives. So for instance, the big one we all noticed was the sense of touch. A lot of us took our sense of touch for granted. We'd hug a friend when we saw him, not think much of it consciously. And so we really want to realize when we hug someone that that is not something that you can assume is going to happen. And that will just that level of awareness will add a huge amount of richness to it. So I think dealing with each of the senses is not a bad way to go about it.
1: Yeah, and just keeping that feeling as you continue to hug past that first one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise it's some narrative starts in your head about, okay, I guess we should get talking about this or whatever the case is. But if we just hold on to that moment and be present, it's the presence that does all the good.
1: Outside of the idea of those like five senses, uh, what else can we consider when we're embracing the moment and and all the feelings that are coming with the end of the pandemic as we know it?
2: Well, yeah, for sure. Rather than just thinking of like how our senses can lead us to be happy, we can think of things that naturally easily make us happy, and then we can look for the source of those things. So for instance, I really love to laugh. (laughs) Um, So maybe rather than going to a flower garden um, to smell stuff or to go to a massage to get touched... Um, I would be more likely to go see a friend because they're hilarious. So I think uh, oftentimes laughter, we let happen happenstance. We let it come to us just by chance. Um, but now after the pandemic, we have to really realize the value of those kinds of experiences and we should be seeking them. So, I, you know, I think every human being not only just every week, but every single day should be trying to guarantee themselves a really big laugh. So if we're sitting all week and we've had a bad week and we're thinking of watching a show about crime versus something that's going to make us <laughs> yeah, laugh. Not the true I, crime. <laughs> I, yeah. If we, if we pick the true crime when we're already in a bad mood, we're literally kind of sinking us, ourselves further down there. We have to be more conscious about our attention as something we're placing somewhere and what context is it in and therefore how will it be likely to feel afterwards.
1: So I have to admit, I am kind of nervous about life coming back. As I mentioned, you know, I've been alone for 16 months. um, And while there's a lot of things that I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing my family again, being with friends, uh, there's also a lot of stress, right? I mean, we all feel it. There's always stress. But how do we not fall into the trap again of taking life for granted and focusing on those negatives?
2: I know it can sound sort of counterintuitive, but to to a beginner, someone who's new to applying their attention, a list actually isn't a bad idea. So for you to start each week with saying, I'm going to make sure each week includes a positive sound experience, a positive smelling experience. these Each of these things, if you just have that on an agenda of things that you want to do, and then maybe you have also a list of things you want to feel. Like you want to make sure you laugh that week really hard. You want to make sure you connect with a friend really deeply. Like each of these things... You know, well, agenda mowing the lawn, agenda cleaning the house. You know, <laughs> baby the cat. The lawn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but we won't actually put an agenda on the fact that we want to laugh right. or spend time with friends. And yeah. I think we've got to get much more serious about the fact that life isn't the stuff we squeeze in between work. You know, we're supposed to be working to live, not living to work. And so we have to really make sure that those things are addressed in in some kind of sort of scheduled way once once we've trained our mind to do them our awareness is just much higher and that's really all a mindful person is doing is they're just have less internal narrative and much more taking in of the world around them
1: I I feel like it's funny because at the beginning of the pandemic I I kind of intuitively did this right like I scheduled walks so I would go outside and hear the birds or feel the sunshine that kind of thing but I've almost forgotten it as things have started to come back to normal and all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed but really this is stuff that we know to do and we kind of want to do already right it's just making it happen
2: this is a super important point you've made um you can see what we did at the start right we were conscious of the situation we were in and because we were conscious of it we knew it needed some kind of response and so you can see you adjusted your walks but as I was trying to explain to the students of mine that were having trouble, you know, later in the pandemic when they thought they should have been doing better because they were more used to it, you know, this new normal was really boring. That the idea that they would lose their enthusiasm over time was just a natural process of life, frankly, not being interesting enough. Like our minds need novelty and new things coming in all the time. And we just didn't have enough of that. And so for people to naturally feel a bit more depressed, And all sorts of things was actually the sign that they were healthy. It showed that their mind wanted to get back out and do totally normal human things. And so that's a great sign. It shows that our minds are ready for that, that we've just got this added little bit of anxiety got wired in there recently. But again, we can get past that the ways we talked about before.
1: I'm curious, too, because I'm sure you're beyond making a list for yourself. But can you share with me maybe some of the experiences on your metaphorical list this week? You mentioned you love laughing. What else is it that you make time for?
2: The big thing for me is, uh, I think, really going to be seeing others happier. This is the thing I've really been enjoying, is watching other people, with, even it can be in the media, Just watching them reconnecting and having beautiful experiences because there's nothing I like more than watching human beings be human because so often we get caught up on the doing uh, of being a human being that we forget the being part. And what I've really, really been uh, diving deeply into is enjoying uh, witnessing love shared between people. And, you know, we do this at weddings uh, we do it when people have a baby. And we all know the feeling. It's a really beautiful, beautiful feeling. But we don't think that we can do it the rest of the year. But a, a mindful person does because you just realize they're examples of sort of people being decent and kind and loving to each other all over the place. And if we're watching for them, we sort of draw that in. You know, good lives are built. They don't happen by accident. You're not born into them. People go and get them. And the way they go and get them is is by having rich experiences. And we all know what it's like to be with a friend who's really present, like someone that really feels like they're there with you and that there's no distractions. You might hear their phone ring. They don't even pay any attention to it at all. They just keep focused on us. That is such a nice feeling that we can give to each other. And I'm really hoping that as people come out, they really notice how good that feels and that a certain percentage of them maintain that just because it feels so good. I mean, our feelings are such a great system they tell us hey keep doing that if it feels good and they tell us uh, stop doing that if it doesn't feel good so we really should use how we feel as a guide for where health is it's uh, nature built us a great system
1: the last year and a half connection, it really did mean something different, right? It wasn't about physically being with other people, but finding new tools or ways to stay in touch or even kind of make a new friend and, and fill the void while we were all stuck at home, right?
0: Definitely. And and a, a big part of that for me was, uh, you know, getting to know some people online yeah. who I'd never really met before. And it was, it was wild. I met this fellow, Kenny Buller, uh, he's a trainer in Edmonton. And I met him through a story because him and his friend, Sonny Brar, they were running for farmers in India. Farmers had been protesting several laws that had been passed. And so their goal is 20,000. They're at 14,000 now. And this started back in February. Amazing. So, which is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's going to help the farmers uh, with all sorts of things like food, uh, medical aid, and, and things like that. So they started this WhatsApp group, and uh you know once the story was finished they, they said, "Hey, listen, we, we got this group going why don't you why don't you join like yeah. what's your number uh, and they added me to this group that was that was back in February now that group has over a hundred people claire
1: it's <laughs> too many people
0: like it it's it's been <laughs> blowing my mind, and like even one day I just wanted to count um just see how many people are in there, and sometimes often if you don't engage, like you might have missed like 80 messages.
1: <laughs> Man, I don't think I even know 100 people.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, I certainly don't know everybody in this group. Yeah. I, 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 there's a couple of people I've met over the years and things like that. Or, you know, we've uh, got mutual friends. But um, it has been an eye-opener for me. There are all kinds of people in that group. And you know what? Pretty much anything goes. It was initially a group to, that, that people were getting together to work out and, and do things like that. But the one thing that really has stood out to me... Uh, is some of the conversations about mental health yeah. and um, having people there to support you if you're going through a tough time. So here's Kenny on this WhatsApp group and, and, and what it's meant. From
3: from the mental health end, there's so many people in the group who, you know, like I, I really, it really opened up my eyes. And when I recognize that a lot of these, a lot of people just in general who went through what we all did the past year, most of them and some of them live on their own. Most and some of them are living in a condo where end-to-end end they take 10 steps and, and that's their home. And most of them probably only have socialized with maximum two, three, four people and that's it. And what this group gave is it, it gave them hope to be a part of something and it, it gave them friendship. It gave um, so many people an, an outlet to actually be real. And that's what I noticed, is every single one of us during this time, and we all went through it, and we all went through it pretty bad. But then this group allowed everyone to be like, hey, like, let's talk about it. Like, share with me your struggles. Like, guide me through what's happening. And it, it gave a lot of people uh, the opportunity to, to not feel like they were the only ones going through it. The reality is people were hurting, and people still are. And uh, now that comes with the level of, for 15 months living in the way that we did, you can't just wake up one day and say, all right, let's go back to how things were. People got used to living this way, and people are also still in fear. But what we promise in our group is, you know, whatever your comfort level is at, let's let's match it. You know, if if you prefer to only run for two kilometers and you need to go back home, we'll go back with you. Um, if you also feel like you need to be socially distanced and only be in the gathering of five people, okay, let's match that. Um, We don't want to ignore those level of conversations we have with our group members. And um, whether they prefer to share or at least be a part of listening in on other people's stories and providing insight, uh, we're open to it all. And we appreciate uh, all perspectives.
1: It's really cool to hear him talk about it in terms of, being like that accessible thing, right? Because I think especially with digital stuff, we saw people of all different abilities and, and different life situations being able to connect with other people and now turning it into, you know, Even like running, right? Like if you can't come out physically and run 5K, just come out and hang out. Like meeting people where they're at to give them the support they need. It's a really cool idea even if 100 people still seems crazy.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean that is crazy. And um, I don't know if I'll ever meet all 100 of them. But uh, the the one thing I noticed with this group is – yeah, it's a group for – getting people to, to work out like minded people who want to, you know, stay uh, fit. But it, I think it became more than that. And uh, I think people got comfortable with each other and started trusting each other. So there was conversations about mental health, about, you know, social justice, about stories that were impacting everybody and how people felt about those stories, especially in the last couple of months. Yeah. And so people, you know, put their feelings out there. And it gives me hope yeah there's no judging at all whatsoever like I, I I thought that was great because then then you know what that that makes everybody in that group feel like they're part of something, and so
1: it sounds like an amazing group
0: yeah it it totally is and so and so that was Kenny, so he and his friend Sonny kind of started that group uh there's like I said, all sorts of people. One of the people um, I I got to do stairs with a few times, her name is Chelsea Glazo. And uh, you know what, she's an entrepreneur from St. Albert. Uh, She started boxing, like doing some boxing training with Kenny, and that kind of evolved. And then I guess he just added her to the group without her knowing. Um, (laughs) Here's what the group has meant to her. And you know what the anxiety she felt of joining a group this big with a lot of people that she really didn't know.
5: And next you know i like have all these whatsapp notifications saying welcome to the run club flash forward like i don't know this is probably 6 months later to today and it's honestly become like a family to me like we've i've gone to the mountains with them twice i've run a half marathon by now um i've done like business collaborations with people in the group they've all become like friends to me and what happened of me being roped into a run club turned into like a whole community for me like personally i kind of struggled to connect and like trust males and let alone like when I joined I was the only female and there was like when I think my first run there was uh, like and the thing is too is like we had to do it at a distance so it's not even like you could shake people's hands or anything like that but I think there was like six other men that I had no idea who they were but there was just an instant level of trust with these people for me especially during the pandemic like when you can't hug people you can't really see your family or get together in a household like for me just that constant like Knowing that I get to meet with a group of people at a distance, even though like it's at a distance, it still felt like I was at least like fulfilling some sort of need in my life. And then also, too, like I just found the accountability was crazy because people were always sending their progress like in the group or just like daily runs that they did. And it just reminded you to get off your ass and get outside kind of thing.
1: I love it because it's it's a WhatsApp group and WhatsApp is so general, right? Yeah. That can be used for anything, but it clearly kind of developed this community and personality of its own providing support for health and, and wellness and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it morphed into all of that stuff and more. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's wild. Like uh, I think they've even talked about leaving the WhatsApp now and into another app which will categorize conversations because <laughs> there's so many, things there's so many different <laughs> things being talked about. So um, it is it is outgrown WhatsApp. Go figure. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's interesting to think because there are so many different apps out there and so many different ways that people can handle stuff. So like WhatsApp, you start with that, you turn it into what you need. But yeah. if you know what you want to do, also, there are a lot of specialty apps out there, right?
0: Yeah, there, there certainly are. And uh, you know, uh, some of our listeners may, may be familiar with Team Snap. And so basically, that's uh, I mean, if you're a parent, you know all about it, because most kids' sports are involved. Team Snap. I I played uh, uh, shinny with a, a bunch of guys out in Sherrod Park, and we are on Team Snap, and it's actually hilarious. It's like a bunch of grown men acting like kids on <laughs> Team Team Snap. So it, it's used to just tell you like who's skating when or when the skates are and, and who's in. So it's kind of like roll call, basically. You have yeah. to kind of, you know, commit to the Monday or the Thursday or, you know, the twice a week that, that, that we skate. That was before the pandemic. But during the pandemic, uh, there was a couple of skates and then it all got shut down. Right. And and it was kind of sad because, you know, you got used to the the, the – the, the, chat bath, back and forth on that, uh, app. And, you know, guys would make fun of each other and there was some light ribbing, you know, but <laughs> it, it, it actually just went kind of silent. And, and I, and that was kind of sad for me because a lot of these guys, some of them are retired, semi-retired, and this was a big part of their week, right? Sure. It's a big part of their routine. It's
1: when they get out of the house.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, these skates are a ridiculous time. They start at 545, they go to seven in the morning. Oof. So yeah, uh, rise and shine, uh, <laughs> bright and early. So, um, Yeah. I mean, you know, before the restrictions, the chat part, as I mentioned, was so much fun and you could engage with each other and you really saw like the playful side of these, you know, some of these grumpy old men and and they're just kind of they had this other, um, you know, fun side to them. Now it's back up and running. And it's been, it's been awesome just to kind of watch the progress, right? It's kind of ramped up from nothing to now like it's like at a level of 10. Yeah. And so guys are, are, are back and forth with each other again. They're skating again. One of the guys who runs this uh, shinny, is, his name's Bob Boyechko, and uh, he's been running it for the last 20 years.
4: It, it, I, it was more fun doing that than going to the gym <laughs> for sure. Wow. And then uh, when Millennium Place was uh, built, uh, they just switched it over there, and then so we started, or I started over there, and all the guys went over there. And uh, yes, it's uh, the rest of this history. I've been going there so every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 months a year, as much as I can, uh, since well, 2000 when uh, Millennium was built, but personally, myself, since about 88, or eight, uh, 98, 99. I mean, personally, for myself, in terms of exercise, uh, you know, bad knees and stuff. I can't run anymore. This in hockey is just like a great exercise. If you've got bad knees, especially non contact, contact, right? But the other thing too is also just missing the guys, right? It's like, I mean, you hear all athletes say one of the things when they're done that they miss the most is the dressing room, and and, and I mean, um, I can relate in in, in that aspect with uh, missing the guys because uh, it's got, it's it's not. A sacred place, but it's kind of a place where we know we can we can talk about whatever uh, respectfully, of course. But uh, it's still the laughs are uh, just that's that's one of the things I really do miss. Besides the exercises, just seeing the guys and sharing laughs and talking about sports and politics and whatever, and uh, that that part I really miss.
1: I love it. Yeah. I, I just think it's it's seeing these communities and the fact that I mean they've been playing shinny for decades. Yeah.
0: It's wild. Their commitment. I, and I've only recently joined, like, in the last year and a half or so because, you know, I was much younger back then. <laughs> and so now I'm kind of creeping close to their... Well, now well, you're
1: finally at their level, man. It yeah, took exactly. A but oh. there, Actually, there's
0: some old guys you can... Play oh, really good. I don't doubt it. Oh, yeah. They're but cagey.
1: That's the other question, though, because, I mean, you've actually been a part of both of these groups. So yeah. you've joined these digital communities in the pandemic. Now we're coming out. You're meeting people in person right. more and more. Um, what did being part of these mean to you? What did it bring to you? And
4: where
1: yeah. did you go from here? I think it's
0: it's great to, to see people's progress, stories of success. And that stuff is in, is inspiring. To me, it's inspiring. And uh, I, I love to see those kinds of stories. And, you know, you hear about people's success outside of exercise too, whether it be, you know, in their uh, personal lives or in their business lives. And pictures of, you know, camping trips being posted yeah. or runs you know in the mountains I mean it's 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 so cool yeah. and and sometimes you just never know what's going to pop up in there and how it's going to inspire you to get off your butt or to maybe try something else in your life so yeah and um, being
1: part of these digital communities that kind of they exist on your phone it does actually bring a lot right and yeah. it can introduce you to so many people that turn into I mean it's not that it's not real but you know it brings more into your real I, life
0: and i think it's i think it's going to be hard to let go of those because they got you through this last year and a half and so it, it, it has more meaning, I think, for you.
1: The Loop is a weekly podcast from CBC Edmonton. And our team is Min Darwal, Leslie Goldstone, Corey Happerstock, Christina Silva, and James Evans. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Common. And I'm Claire Bonneman. Thank you so much for listening. There's always so much more to know, so you can get into The Loop with us every Friday, usually, but we're actually going to be taking a break to kick off the summer. So for the next two weeks, there will be no new episodes of The Loop. We do have a lot of really cool shows coming up later, so tune in. Come back, and uh, I think we may even have some drinks in the future. Uh, but while you do have some free time, you can leave us a rating or a review wherever you get the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let us know what you think, or if you want to get in touch, we have an email, at cbc.ca. Claire and I also are on Twitter. I'm at min darywall, all one word.
1: I'm at naminob. You make a face <laughs> every to, time. <laughs> I may
0: have to change my handle to just compete with yours.
1: What would your name be backwards, your last name?
0: Dariwal min.
1: No, Laura Wad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyways. Yeah, that's You nailed it. You nailed it, I think. (laughs) Listen, use the hashtag TheLoopCBC on social media or reach out to us. Follow the show on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. (laughs) I think I'm looking at it. Laura Wad. It's hard to do, it man. It's a hard
0: one. That's not natural. Nami L- Nob is way Laurie, more natural. Laurie Rad Nim.
2: Laurie, Laurie Radnim. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.